Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. No one is, 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 is more locked in. From Thursday to Monday, no one is more locked into the NFL than First and Pod. Hosted by Danny Parkin and Andrew Filipponi. All right, week 16 of the NFL season is underway. We have the Cowboys and Titans Thursday night football. Danny Parkins is off this edition of First and Pod. He got caught up in the Southwest Airlines disaster and got stranded at, I think, Midway Airport in Chicago, not O'Hare, because that's where Southwest flies out of. And he could not find a flight. He had an Airbnb that was booked that I think was a $5,000 reservation that he would not get reimbursed for. So he is out five grand. He is back in Chicago out of spite. He's not doing the podcast. He's so pissed off. So Zach Gelb is here from CBS Sports Radio. Zach only does the podcast when the Titans play Thursday night football. (laughs) So they played earlier against the Packers. He was with us. And now he gets to break down another Titans game here. So... There you go, Zach. How's the feeling? By the to be way, that's good. Since the last time I was on with you guys, Tennessee has not won since. That was the game against Green Bay where yeah. they impressed a lot of people and they have not won since. What a disaster. So I think that a couple things from the Cowboys' point of view in this game, Zach. The first one for me is if everything is locked up for them. If, if they're, if they're uh, in as the five, if Philadelphia takes care of business against the Saints and they rest guys against Washington, and this is the last time we've seen the Cowboys before they start the playoffs, how do you feel about this Cowboys team's chances of winning a playoff game, Zach? I think they could win a playoff game because I don't trust the Buccaneers if the Buccaneers are the team that they're going up against in the 4-5 matchup. But after that... I have no faith in the Cowboys. There's a reason I call them the drama Dallas choking Cowboys because they've proved me right pretty much for the better part of the last 20 years that in a big spot, 
they choke. And it was the same thing last year where we thought they were a great team in the regular season and come playoff time, they didn't live up to the hype. It's clear to me, Philadelphia and 49ers are the two best teams in the NFC. Dallas is the third best team in the NFC, but I would not feel great about them uh, going to an NFC title game or even a Super Bowl. Just because of their history? Their history, and then they just haven't been playing clean football as of late. Uh, That defense, which we thought was really great, is not a great defense right now. And I just don't trust Dak Prescott in a big spot. I think Dak is a really, really, really good quarterback. I don't think Dak is a great quarterback. So I think things have broken better for them, even though I don't think they've played like an elite team. So they have two wins I think you hang your hat on. That's the week two win against the Bengals when Cooper Rush started and they beat Cincinnati. Now that's a lifetime ago. And the Bengals started 0-2 and they're a different team now. But they still defensively did a good job on Burrow. And then the 40-3 to win against Minnesota. And say what you will about the Vikings, they're obviously overrated. But by Impressive. record, they're the second team in the conference. So... They don't get they don't get punished for losing to Philadelphia on the road because Rush started, but they also don't get credit for beating the Eagles because Minshew started that game. So that's the tricky thing about them. They should, to your point, beat D- Tampa Bay, even though Brady has all the playoff success and they have all the playoff failure. I would pick them to win that game right now, and I do think potentially things can shift in the right direction and can and can point in the right direction for them with the Eagles rematch. Lane Johnson's hurt. Sirianni called him the best tackle in the league. You probably put Parsons over the right side then if they play them in the divisional round, if Johnson's not ready. And that's a potential game, game wrecker scenario for Philadelphia offensively, Zach. And I still think they're playing things close to the best with Hurts. I don't know. We'll see what happens with them Sunday. We'll get to that game in a little bit. But if you're telling me Jalen Hurts is 75%, he's only played in the one postseason game. They have no as a team. I know there are guys that are still there from the Foles team. But for the most part, it's a new team with a new coach. They don't have a long playoff resume other than guys like Kelsey maybe and some of their defensive linemen like Cox and uh, Graham. So – yeah, I mean, I don't think Dad, my point is I think Dallas could go in right now. I think Dallas could go into Philadelphia and beat them. And I think if they can win that game, they can get to the Super Bowl. See, that's my thing. And I like the way that you laid it out. Even if they beat Philadelphia, I don't trust them consistently enough that in back to back weeks, like forget the wild card round because they should win the wild card round to go beat Philadelphia and then go into San Francisco, let's say, and beat the 49ers. I just yeah, but don't it's a seventh round it's pick, happen. Zach. It's a seventh-round pick. Sure, and that roster is a lot better than what the Cowboys have with the way that they're built up front of the offensive line. When you get Debo Samuel back, assuming Christian McCaffrey can stay healthy, Brandon Ayuk as well, and then all the pieces that they have in the defensive side of the ball, I think that's a tough ass this year. Now, is it possible? I guess anything's possible with what we've seen in the NFL this year, but I just until I see the Cowboys playing in the Super Bowl in Glendale, Arizona, I'm going to believe they're not going to be there. Uh, one on Tennessee Dobbs has to start against Jacksonville next week. Right. Over yeah. Kirk Herb street almost made it seem like that was definitely going to happen. I thought this was so bizarre to play him tonight because if you play him tonight, that means you have no confidence in Malik Willis. He did a good enough job. So I don't get why all of a sudden you would say what I saw tonight with Dobbs wasn't good enough to then go start him next week. 
in a game where I don't even think it matters who you start. I love Jacksonville in that spot. Vikings and Packers will kick off our Sunday games, uh, Zach. Will Green Bay get the final NFC playoff spot? What do you think? I actually like Minnesota this week. And I know a few weeks ago where Detroit, everyone was looking at that. Oh, Detroit's a two and a half point favorite. Minnesota's getting no respect and Detroit won. I think this is a close game this week. And I think this is a game where Kirk Cousins on the road, they're trying to get Justin Jefferson that record to uh, go get 209 uh, receiving yards in the final two weeks of the season. So he breaks the all-time uh, single season receiving yard mark that has uh, held by Megatron. I actually like Minnesota against all odds because no one thinks it's going to happen to go into Green Bay and get the victory. But the line's only three and a half. Why wouldn't anybody think it's going to happen? <coughs> well, I, I would look at it right now. I, I would think a lot of people are going to be minusing the three and a half points with Green Bay. Uh, like, don't you think they're begging you to take Minnesota this week? So I think a lot of people are then going to go with, with Green Bay. Yeah, I mean, I'll take Minnesota because if not for Tua's concussion, I don't think that Green Bay wins that game on Sunday. A hundred percent. If he doesn't throw three interceptions, which was probably because of the concussion, they don't win that game. I don't think Green Bay is this wonderful team. And, and I just think it's one of those bets where Vegas is trying to make you, in, in two ways, like they, you look how good Minnesota is and they're trying to make you say, okay, then I'll just take Minnesota. But on the other side, there's all this wave now, of this Packers playoff push. So I think it's a funky line. I'll just take the points of this one. And I don't think people in a big spot expect Kirk Cousins, even though this really is a big spot for him to step up. I'll just trust the names that they have and the consistency on that offense. Uh, I, I think Minnesota, all they've done is win close games. I think they'll do it again. So I'm with you on that. But to my question of will the, the Packers get the last playoff spot? No. So we'll think about this, though, for a second. If they lose and then they beat Detroit next week, that's eight and nine, right? Mm -hmm. So Washington, if they lose their next two, they finish seven, nine, and one. Seattle, I think, I'm going to double check this. I think Seattle has the Jets, they're seven and eight. If they lose that game, they go to seven and nine. Yeah. Uh the Giants are what eight, eight and six. So if the no. Giants could lose eight, six, and one, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the Giants could lose out. And if Green Bay lost this game, the Giants would get the six seed and would still get in, even if they were to somehow lose to the Colts. Giants have nine so, wins. They do? I thought they're eight, six, and one. I I'm pretty sure the Giants, I could be but wrong on this. The the only the only th- the, the point I'm trying to make is I actually think it's possible that Green Bay could lose on Sunday and still get in at eight and nine. So I actually think they will make the playoffs in some bizarre way because I don't really trust any of the teams that are left fighting for playoff spots in the NFC. Washington, Seattle, Detroit, and Green Bay. I think it's four teams for one spot. And I think Green Bay could get in at eight and nine. Giants, by the way, eight, six, and one on the, right. the, the, the so the Giants would be the, so the mm-hmm. Giants would be the sixth seed. And that would mean Green Bay could lose to Minnesota and with help get in over Seattle, Detroit, and Washington. That's not out of the question. And if they got in at eight and nine, that would be hilarious if there were two teams with losing records in the playoffs from the NFC. And they were quarterbacked by Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. 
Now, I never trust Carson Wentz. I, I can't stand Carson Wentz, but okay. the schedule the next two weeks is very favorable for him. Well, you play you play Cleveland, and you know Cleveland, their defense is overrated. It's not good offensively. They haven't really been able to do much with Deshaun Watson. And then that final week of the season, you play Dallas, but why is if, if Philly clinches everything this week, there's no point for Dallas really to well, play. He was a 10-point favorite against Jacksonville in week 18 I get last it. year and lost. I get it. And and I was not, I'm not a fan of Carson Wentz. I thought it was stupid what the commanders did, but there's just something saying that he's going to find a way to get the job done or more so his team is going to get the job done in these next two weeks. I'm kind of thinking that it's, well, the giants are definitely going to be in. We, we know that. Um, I would then, so who's right the now seven lean, team I would lean then? commanders, commanders. Okay. Uh, Steelers and Ravens Sunday night. Should Lamar Jackson play hurt the next two weeks? No, if I'm Lamar, I wouldn't because you don't have a contract right now. Um, and he did not practice on, uh, we're recording this on Thursday. He didn't practice on, on Thursday. So I don't think he's going to play. I think it's going to be Tyler Huntley. And this offseason is going to be fascinating to me because if he is on the franchise tag this offseason and they don't get a deal done, I think this upcoming year will be Lamar Jackson's final year with the Baltimore Ravens if they don't get a long-term uh, deal done this so wait a, So wait a minute. Let me ask you a question about what you said, though, because the contract. Are you implying that if he had, like, Deshaun Watson's deal right now, do you think he'd be playing against the Steelers Sunday night? I, I don't know how banged up he is, but I think if you're not as close to 100% or 100%, you don't run the risk here. I do think that factors into his mind probably here. Just guessing. Well, I think he should play because I understand that, you know, we're talking about somebody who does not have the peace of mind of, say, Watson or Murray. But let's say he were to suffer, you know, it's a PCL injury. I don't know if he can damage his PCL anymore. I guess he probably could maybe tear it completely, which we know is not as bad as an ACL injury. It's not like it would be Kyler Murray and he'd be out for 10 months or whatever. Let's say he aggravates that and makes it worse and he needs surgery and he's out for like two months, three months. Does that really, is that really like the end of the world for his contract negotiations No, with the Ravens? I don't think so either. So to me, if I'm Lamar Jackson, you don't know how many opportunities you're going to get to win a championship. If you don't play the next two weeks, and you go into the playoffs having not played in like two months, I give them next to no chance to win four games. None. I think he's got to get some game. I think he's got to get some game action under his belt here in the next two weeks. He's to me, it's clearly not a thing where he's really injured, where it's like. It's close where they're having to basically look at him every day and make a decision. Do we practice him? Do we, do we not? Does he play? Does he not? I think it's actually not in his best. I think it's to me, short sighted of him not to try to put everything he has into trying to make a playoff run this year, because if they do win games in the playoffs, Zach, maybe it is a Flacco situation for him where it helps him make money in the long run. He has no playoff success to speak of. So I would want to give my, myself the best chance to win playoff games. 
for him though, I don't think it's going to matter what anything happens the rest of the way on how much money he ends up making. I think he could only go up from here because some team, if it's not the Ravens, will look at him and say, wow, he won a unanimous MVP in this league and they will take a, a flyer on. Yeah. Him but when is that? And two, give him the two money. to three years from now. I mean, the, 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 well, the he could force his way out via trade. Couldn't he? Couldn't he force himself out via, via trade? I know he's on the franchise tag uh, next year, but if the Ravens don't get a long-term deal done after this year, and then they go the second year of the franchise tag, you run the risk of getting nothing back for Lamar Jackson if you annoy him that much, and he says, I'm out, I'm leaving. Yeah, I just think the guy's got a lot to prove, and it, to me, it does not strike me as an injury that is, like, career-threatening for him, and I, I would want to be as successful as I can right now. And I, But does I, anything that, that Lamar Jackson does right now, this whole thing, does any of it make sense? We were told... When he wants to get the negotiating table done, they're going to be ready for him. Then they don't get the deal done. And and he said, oh, I was basically like ready the entire time. This narrative that it, when it came down to that conversation of he's so focused on winning a Super Bowl, he doesn't have time to go. Like this whole thing doesn't make sense. So when he hasn't practiced this week, I'm trying to use logic here. And, and once again, this is an illogical situation. I'm just going to think he doesn't play this week. Dolphins Patriots is two of the Dolphins starting quarterback week one next year. It's a great question. Based off what he's done this year, he should be. I don't want to get too caught up in the moment in terms of the poor play recently, but then also the health component of this. I would think Tua is playing football next year and he is starting, but I don't think he's going to play another game this regular season. He's not playing this week. And I'd be shocked if they bring him back the week after that. Uh, it would be a really bad look. I know they're trying to go get to the postseason, but it would be a really bad look if Tua plays in a regular season game again this year. Well, I think this is I, – I think this has the potential to be for him, not not just because of obviously the concussion part of this is hugely important, takes precedence over everything. But what if Bridgewater – beats the Patriots, gets them into the playoffs and, you know, acquits himself and plays well. I mean, I don't even think they would necessarily need to win their wild card game. The guy is totally capable of doing that. He's like the best quarterback in NFL history against the spread where he has a reputation for exceeding people's expectations on a historic level, his against the spread record is better than Tom Brady from a win percentage standpoint. So my only thing is, if you're Miami, does Bridgewater play well enough where you're like, well, now we're adding everything up. It's McDaniel's system. We really don't want to pay Tua in the offseason. They don't have to do it next off. They don't have to do it this offseason. No. They don't have to pay him this offseason. Now, he could try to go get the deal done this offseason. Then you could cause friction between you and your quarterback. But does he really have a a leg to stand on to get a long-term extension right now? He does not. He won't. And then the other thing. So then if Bridgewater plays well, he's got even less leverage. And then the other thing is, like, if everything else on that team looks good and looks stable, I just, based on what we know about the owner, I mean, they don't have a first-round pick this year because of his impatience because of what he tried to do with Brady and Peyton. Like, is he neutered by that, that he's not going to try to force his general manager and coach to be aggressive 
about bringing some like is the Brady thing completely dead because the tampering thing would Mike McDaniel look at Brady as an upgrade over Tua? I think he would, even though the guy can't move. But remember, so, I, I do think a big part of the Miami thing was Sean Payton being there, and Sean's not going to be there with Mike McDaniel with what he just has been doing. Yeah, but you don't think Mike one. McDaniel would relish an opportunity to work with Tom Brady, even if the guy's 100 years old? I mean... He could, but maybe it's not as attractive anymore because of, of Mike McDaniel being there from the Brady side of it. Maybe Brady wants to team up with Sean. I know Flory has been throwing out this and go to New Orleans. Maybe Brady wants to wind up in San Francisco. We know he wants to wind up there. We'll see if, the, if there's going to be an opening and if they'll be willing to tango. I, I, I don't think there's going to be a ton of options for Brady, but I do think there will be better options than Miami. But what is Miami next year if two is back? Can they win the Super Bowl with him as their no. quarterback? I don't no. think they can either. Right. I, I think their ceiling is a, a wild card team. We know they're not going to win the division as long as Josh Allen has a pulse and he's healthy. They're going to win the AFCs for the foreseeable future. So I do. I think their ceiling, and, and I never thought Tua, uh, years ago, I really liked Tua. But with what we saw recently, I thought Tua could be a, a good quarterback, not a great quarterback. He played well at times this year, but then there's also been stretches as of late before the other concussion where he was not performing well. So he's very up and down and it's a seesaw ride with the guy. All right. Speaking of Brady Panthers and bucks, if Tampa Bay wins, they clinch the AFC South, even though they've had such a disappointing year. So you just touched on it with Miami. If the bucks were to lose this game, if they were to lose at home, and basically cost themselves a trip to the playoffs because of a loss to a team that fired its coach and traded its best player. Zach, who's going to even want Brady next offseason? Who's oh, going to I think there will be him? teams that will want Brady because I think people are going to look at this and say his offensive line was absolutely dog crap this year. I, I know Brady has not been playing great football this year, but there will be teams that will be interested in Tom Brady. Maybe it's the 49ers, Tennessee, Las Vegas, uh, just some teams that that come to the top of, of, of the brain right now. But I think there will be a market for Brady. Because remember, there was a conversation about Brady when he left New England. Oh, Brady's done. And I told everyone, look at the offensive line in New England. His offensive line was horrible. I don't think Tom Brady, and I know he's 45, but he's up there in age, after leading the league in passing yards and passing touchdowns, now all of a sudden – is this undesirable quarterback that is falling off the cliff. It's his offensive line's been abysmal this year. Yeah, but we've seen that with Russell Wilson this year. I mean, we've seen quarterbacks in the NFL. Stafford looked like he had fallen off a cliff before he went out for the season. So of the teams you mentioned, who are the ones that have the offensive line that could legitimately? Okay, so they're just going to give up on Lance. Well, can't you get the best of both worlds here, maybe? And can't you tell if Brady goes in, let's say, next year plays for the 49ers? Let's just say he wins a Super Bowl. Don't you think then Brady walks away and retires and says, okay, finally, that After is enough? Winning? I, I, I think that's his magical ride off into the sunset moment. I, I, I think that would be enough for him finally to walk away and then start this lucrative deal with Fox. So you sign. So if you're so if you're San Francisco, you sign Brady to like a one year deal with dummy shit. So then you get his cap hit lower. Yeah. And you have Lance just back him up for a year, and he goes into that 
situation next year at 46 and tries to win one more. All right. I mean, but who else though, Zach? I mean, Tennessee, no, their line stinks. There aren't good enough weapons there outside of the running back. Vegas has playmakers, but they're going to lose Jacobs and their line is average at best. Jets line isn't that good. Uh, who else? Giants, no. I mean, New Orleans with Sean. They don't have a good enough line. But isn't part of when you get Tom Brady that people want to go join Tom Brady? And don't you think they'd be able to enough in an offseason? Well, to my find point, if you lose to freaking Carolina, I don't know about that. Oh, I don't think that I don't think the Brady conversation changes after one game and and one. But I don't understand. I see. I'm I've I've generally been a Brady backer the last few years. I think he's escaped criticism for the most part for the way that team has played this year. And I just don't think that that's right. Based on everything that went on with his personal life, the way that he prepared for this season, the way that he acted early in the season in terms of his dedication to the team and commitment level, the fact that he's immobile and can't move. I think there are plenty of quarterbacks that would have actually played well in that offense this year who could move. But do you think then after just one year, when we're talking about the greatest quarterback of all time, there's not going to be at least one team. Okay. But that's what I'm saying. I just don't think there's going to be a robust, robust market for him. There wasn't yeah, a robust and, market when he left new England. There was only and that's a handful what, of teams. That's what I started. I, I don't think the market's going to be, an abundance of teams, but there will be a handful of teams that would be interested in some of the teams that we just listed. And I do one last thing on that. I do wonder if Shanahan actually thinks Brady right now is a better quarterback than Lance. Well, I here's the other thing. That. I don't know how much Kyle Shanahan loves Trey Lance because remember, what his do you mean? Best he friend... mortgaged the future for the guy. No. Yeah. But hold on. I wonder how much he was talked into drafting Trey Lance. They made that pick up to three. Remember, his best friend in the world, Chris Sims, as they have those matching tattoos, was the first person to suggest that Mac Jones was going to get drafted by the San Francisco 49ers. And everyone thought, oh, that's uh, Kyle Shanahan in the year of of Chris Sims telling him where he's going to draft. And then eventually I thought he was talked into Trey Lance. And here's the other part. Trey Lance hasn't played football. And here would be the difficult part if you bring in Brady. Trey Lance hasn't played football in three years. North Dakota State, the final year lost because of I know. COVID. Yep. Last year barely played. This year barely played. Then you're asking him to sit another year. That that that's going to be tough on on Trey Lance. But you know, when you bring in Tom Brady, I think Trey Lance can understand it to some extent. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. All right, Saints and Eagles, with the Cowboys winning, if you're Philly, do you sit 
Jalen Hurts in this game on Sunday? I think Jalen Hurts is going to play this weekend. Um, I saw he returned to practice today. I, I would play him. I would have no problem because if you win this weekend, you basically clinch everything up. Then you get into the conversation next week. If you do play everyone, how do you approach it with that bye week looming as well? So that's it's going to be very fascinating to me. There's no doubt the Eagles win the, the NFC East. They'll be the number one overall seed. I'm just curious how they navigate these next two weeks in when you bring in back Jalen Hurts and then what happens the final week of the season with that See, bye this week goes looming. right back to what we were saying about Lamar Jackson. I don't think Hurts is 100%. I don't think that he's absolutely in tip-top shape. But I think they're worried in Philly that if they don't play him this week and he sits next week and then you have the bye week, there's going to be way too much rust that accrues. I think that they're, they're, they are, they want to play Hurts and he wants to play too because he's a competitive guy. But I think that they're just as motivated to play him by the, by the concern or fear about too much time off as they are about wanting to win the game and sew up the division. I really think that's part of that. That they don't Which want is this fair. To be like- but I also wonder when we just compare these two players together, Lamar and Jalen Hurts. Seems like Jalen Hurts is itching to get back. I don't know if Lamar Jackson and maybe the contract. Well, like no we one's reported that. that. Yeah, I, Zach, I agree with you on that. There's not one of these insiders who's basically said Jackson – is trying to talk the Ravens, trying to talk John Harbaugh into playing. Nobody has said that. Yeah. Which I think speaks to what you said earlier, where the contract thing and his future there, future period is clearly playing in the decision-making. You know, you said that you think the Niners can still go to the Super Bowl with Purdy. If -hmm. Jalen Hurts couldn't play, do you think Minshew could get the Eagles there? It's a good question. I would say... If Hurts played and got hurt, and aggravated that shoulder and he's out. And they've got Minshew the rest of the way. Can it? Do you think it's Nick Foles 2.0? No. I think they could win a playoff game or two. Ah, I think they could win one playoff game. I, I would have a tough time thinking Minshew goes into, uh, even though he'd be at the link, can, can beat the 49ers. The Eagles are a very good team. I, I love this Eagles team. But it would team. be Brock Purdy at the link in Philly in an NFC Championship game. I, I I get it, but I think the roster for the 49ers, not that it's drastically better. but I it's, thought it's we said the Eagles had experience. the best roster when the season started in the NFC. What happened? I, I think the Eagles have been my pick to go to the Super Bowl with Jalen Hurts. You take Hurts off that team, I think there is more of a drop-off from Hertz to Minshew than there is from whatever the 49ers have been throwing out the last from few years. Garoppolo it's been a product of their system. It's been a system. Jimmy, uh, come on. Jimmy G in an NFC title game, handed the ball off like eight or nine times and got to a Super Bowl. He's a good quarterback. He's not this great quarterback. Jalen Hurts is an MVP of the league right now. Well, Micah Parsons said it was their system. Yeah, good, for Micah Parsons. Good, good, good for Micah Parsons. Good for Micah Parsons. What Wonderful. Uh, I happen to think that they could go with Minshew if he had to play. I do not. Uh, to me, he's the type of quarterback that giveth and taketh, and I think he could get hot and play two or three good games and get them to a Super Bowl. Uh, and also, Niner- I, I think Purdy manages the game better. Minshew. Oh, God. It, well, hold on. But Minshew is aggressive. 
And I think yeah. that leads to more turnovers. You know, sure. Purdy is just trying not to mess the thing up. Minshew, when he's out there, is trying to go win the game, which has its positives and negatives. But I think there's just more, more inclined to turn over the football with Minshew. Niners and Raiders, what's going to happen with Derek Carr? Derek Carr next year, I think, is the starting quarterback for the Washington Commanders. Now, I know you're going to say from one toxic organization to another, and you're not wrong. I can't stand Daniel, uh, Daniel Snyder. It looks like he's almost out the door, but who knows how long that takes. But that roster is a solid roster with Terry McLaurin, Jahan Donson, Brian Robinson Jr., Antonio Gibson, and the defense that they have. I think Carr would be really good. Not great, but really good with the commanders. So I want him to end up with the Colts just because it would be hysterical for them to once again just go with that type of quarterback. So the devil's advocate question for me with this is if we are to believe that the Adams trade to Green Bay was precipitated by his desire to play with Carr, Mm -hmm. then what happens if you remove Carr? Does Adams then ask out too? He may. And here would be my response to Devontae Adams. Your dead cap hit next year is 30-something million dollars for a wide receiver. We're not moving you. Because didn't Adams also, there was reports, he wanted to be closer to home. He wanted I don't his family know. members to come see the I, games and all that stuff too. I, I don't know, man. Like, Mark Davis lived through Randy Moss with the Raiders. Like, I, I, I just... And Carr has actually been... And I think Mark Davis is the type of guy. Now his GM is, and he's a Patriots guy, and so is McDaniel. So they don't really believe in this stuff. But you, you, at the end of the day, answer to the owner. Carr has been so adamant about wanting to play his entire career with the Raiders, and having so much loyalty to that organization, that I honestly could see Mark Davis being persuaded by that in the off season and making them run it back with him one more time. Because I think what's this- the now, What's the on. trade value for him? Like, well, what, well, what, that's what do you get back for him? Maybe a, a, a conditional second round pick that turns into a first round pick or something like that. I think it's going to be so tough to trade him um, as well. Now you could always find a way to get a deal done, but he has a no trade clause. And if I'm Derek Carr and this team doesn't want me anymore, and I've already left the, or, left the organization, the facility, even though I'm still under contract by them, I think this is setting up for my release. Yeah, but isn't Jimmy G isn't Jimmy G a cautionary tale with this where Kyle Shanahan said you're not allowed to practice with us in training camp and then they found a compromise and before he got injured, like a little bit different though. I I get the point, but I don't Derek Carr didn't want to get benched. Derek Carr wants to play this week, and there's not playing him in my opinion, because if he gets hurt. And then three days after the Super Bowl, he can't pass a physical, and they have to guarantee him $40.4 million. And I think it's Claire McDaniels, who has the ear of Mark Davis, wants his own guy, and he's going to look to find his own guy. I just don't know. Well, who the, the hell is his own guy? Th- that's that's the thing. I don't know in this offseason if you're drastically going to get better than what you had in Derek Carr, who I think is anywhere you're not. between, anywhere I'll between the top question. 10. You're not going to get better than that. You're yeah, not going to get better than him. At times, he could look like a top 10 quarterback, but he's probably more like 14th, 15th, it feels like, in the league. Maybe they bring in Jimmy G. They're Right now, they have the ninth pick. They're going to lose these last two games. Maybe they move up in the draft and they go get someone. It's a mess in Las Vegas. And 
what is it all centered around? We talk about the car thing with the money. The only reason McDaniel's coming back next year is because of the money that they owe. Uh, Zach, you are in New York with CBS Sports Radio. Uh, a guy that you are very, very familiar with, Joe Beningo, I saw said Joe on today. WFAN this week that he thinks you could make a case for Daniel Jones as NFL MVP because of what the Giants have had around him in New York this year. That their leading receiver is a guy, Darius Slayton, who was a healthy and active week one. That they have not put a team around him to succeed. And there they are, 8-6-1. and one. All they have to do is beat Jeff Saturday's Colts on Sunday to clinch their first playoff spot since 2016. So if you are the Giants, you're not going to tag this guy. You're not going to give him that kind of money. So what kind of commitment would you make to Daniel Jones? Is Daniel Jones a top 15 quarterback in the NFL, Zach Gelb? I think he has potential to be. I don't know if he's there right now. He has been playing, though, well this year with Isaiah Hodgins and James as some of his wide receivers. Um, So I think he has displayed enough, and I never thought this would be the case. The Giants didn't think this would be the case because then they would have picked up his fifth-year option before the start of the year. But he has showed you that he's at least deserving of another opportunity. I think you probably look at a short-term deal. Maybe it's like a three-year contract, a two-year contract, and you load up the guarantees. But I remember I talked to Joe Shane. I had him on when it was the bye week. And Joe Shane, I he was talking about his evaluation. He's had the you-got-to-have-it moments this year, Daniel Jones, all that. And I said, have you seen enough to guarantee that he's going to be the quarterback next year? And it was a very calculated answer where it was we're still doing our evaluation process. So I even think at that moment, at the bye week, they still didn't even know if he was going to be back. But he's played himself into at least deserving to be the starting quarterback next year. But if you let him get to the open market, I don't know what the market's going to be. So you run the risk of losing him. Well, I don't think that would be the worst thing in the world for the Giants. Because, you know, I don't think... Look, you can in one breath say he hasn't had the weapons this year. Um... But at the same time, you had three other years to evaluate the guy as your starting quarterback, and he was a turnover machine, and he fumbled all the time, and he lost to teams that he should beat at home. And I know with the horrible GM though, and and coaching, that was the definition of ineptitude. Yeah, but you know what though? Like this whole thing with the Giants this year, I'm really concerned that it's one of these years where they take a step forward. And people get all excited by it. And then in reality, it's actually not progress whatsoever. Like, I'm old enough to remember when Danny Cannell and the Giants made the playoffs in 97 and lost to the Vikings. And people were like, wow, this team has a bright future. They didn't. They needed to basically revamp their entire team by the time Kerry Collins got there. They went to a Super Bowl. But it was with a different quarterback. And it was with a lot of different players. Like, I, they should not be – my point is you have a negative turnover differential. You're not really a good team. Now, is that because of bad drafting? Yeah, in part. Horrible free agent signings. You actually don't have a lot of cap space. But I also think Dable has, like, taken a weird – like, almost a perverted, like, sense of pride in running off all of these guys. I think him and the – like, was the Kadarius Tony trade really a good trade? 
Like outside Kadarius Tony is a is a superstar here. Yeah, but you're a team that's devoid of talent. You have no talent other than your running back. Yeah, I, I don't some think offensive he was lineman. I, I, Kadarius Tony wanted out of New York. I, I think there was some locker room issues there. But but for what you just said, and I, I think it's a fair point. It would not surprise me to take a step back next year. And you have to remember who they're modeling this kind of regime after in the Buffalo Bills. The Bills with Terod Taylor had some pieces that are now a part of that team. They went to the playoffs. So that's who Daniel Jones is in this comparison. He's Tyrod Taylor and not Josh Allen. Potentially, maybe they have to go find their their next guy. But there's also a lot of problems on this roster. Yeah, you have Andrew Thomas. You have Evan Neal. uh, Defensive line, you got some pieces as well. Kayvon Thibodeau's an absolute stud. You got one of the better defensive tackles in the league too. But when you look at the that that whole thing that happened yeah they went out and they got josh allen but that following season that second year i think they were six and ten when they when they drafted josh allen his first year so it wouldn't surprise me they regress here's the thing though i think you could find a short-term deal with jones where you guarantee him enough money and it doesn't make you commit too many years to him like he's not going to get a four or five year deal i would have to assume and you go invest and bring in some legit wide receivers just to see what he could do yeah, but I think I feel like I already know the answer. I feel like Daniel Jones still isn't going to be good enough next year, and you're just delaying the inevitable, which is finding somebody else to play quarterback who's better. Which is him. fair. Which is fair. Uh, Broncos and Chiefs. Who should be Denver's head coach next year? Is it going who to be should Sean be Payton? or who will be? Well, well, is it going to be Sean Payton? Barring, and we know that ownership group has the most money uh, out of any NFL owners. Um, barring they write him a, a check that he says, okay, I, I can't refuse. If Sean Payton goes to Denver, I think he's out of his mind. I, I think that's a horrible job right now. Defensively, they're good. I, I'm, I don't like Russell Wilson recently. I even, this was even before, not that I thought this deal was going to be this much of a disaster, but I said, I thought he was declining a little bit his last year, year and a half in Seattle. I thought there was some validity to what Pete Carroll was saying. I don't think the weapons are that great there in Denver. The offensive line, very shaky. Javante Williams coming off the knee injury and Jerry Judy's like solid. He's, he's good. Is he a number one wide receiver? Or is he no. like a, a one and a, he's not no. to compare the direct player when Juju Smith-Schuster was in Pittsburgh at times he shows he's a one, but then he shows he's a two. He's kind of like an in-betweener, like a one and a half. Well, That's he showed a, he was a bad job. He put up big numbers when AB. Yeah, that 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 is true. Was but that's a bad job right now. And also Herbert and Mahomes in your division. Good luck. I would not take that job. I would think they're gonna have to settle on someone that has previous experience. Is that Dan Quinn? Is that Frank Reich? Um, is it potentially Jim Caldwell? I think they'll bring in a coach that has head coaching experience, but they're gonna have to settle on someone. They're not gonna get one of their top three candidates. Let me ask you a question in all seriousness here about this situation, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say, let's say Michigan, let's say Michigan beats TCU, but gets blown out again by Georgia. And let's say these, this Walton family goes to Jim Harbaugh after the season is done and says, we'll give you. $20 million a year for 10 years. 
We'll give you $200 million. Does he take that job? I would think so. Because even though... So they should then. They should. But even though Jim Harbaugh said last year that this will not be a yearly thing, and I know earlier in December this month, he said he will be the coach of Michigan in 2023. I think with that national championship game, assuming Michigan is in it, when that week right after that, I want to see if he takes a job interview or not. Because if you take a job interview, all this stuff that you've said about staying at Michigan, staying at Michigan, it shows your heart is in a different place and you're, you're, you're halfway in, halfway out the door with Michigan. If he doesn't take a job interview, then I'll say, okay, he's serious about staying. But I think Harbaugh would – Harbaugh, I know that he's not everyone's cup of tea and he has to get along with John manager. He may be the general manager himself. Four years as an NFL coach, got the three NFC title games and got to a Super Bowl. That's what I, I mean. just wonder. I, my I thing is, exactly. I agree if, with you. If you're the richest owner in the NFL and there's Steve no Cohen. salary cap on coaches, exactly, then mm-hmm. they should offer Jim Harbaugh that amount of money and force him to say no to them. And that's what this ownership group needs to do because if you don't spend a ridiculous amount of money, I think this has potential to be the least attractive job on the market. So when you're a rich family and you're annoyed and something isn't working out the way you want it, you got to pay more. And that's what I think it's going to take if they want to get an elite name. Bears and Lions on Sunday, Zach. Which of those two NFC North teams has a brighter future in your opinion? It's a good question. Because I like Fields a lot, but that roster is just really bad. I would slightly... But they might have the top pick. Yes, that they could. Um, I would lean the Lions. I think they have better, even though they don't have their long-term quarterback, I think they've done a better job building the roster where I actually don't look at the Lions and think of them as a joke anymore. Not that, I, I don't know if that's sustainable, but I think they could, in, in a year or two, once you officially say they're done with golf, go get their guy at the quarterback spot. I know they could do that this year potentially in the draft as well, but um, if you're not getting Bryce Young, I, I would not take a quarterback this year. Okay, so I think it's the Bears. Even though I have serious questions about, I still do, why wouldn't you, about the infrastructure there, about their coach, about their GM who's brand new. Yeah. I mean, the guy made two deals midseason. He traded Roquan Smith for a late second-round pick. And he gave up potentially the number one pick in the second round for Chase Claypool. So not a good, uh, you know, if that is how I'm going to judge you early returns as a general manager, not great. Two bad deals, I would say. Almost two Fs on those trades. The coach, I still don't understand why you'd hire a defensive guy. They might lose Luke Getze as a head coach to one of these teams that gets desperate in this hiring cycle, the guy that helped bring this out of Justin Fields with no supporting cast. But I'm actually, maybe it's Danny on this podcast. I'm Mm. actually convinced Fields is going to be great. I think he's, I think he will next year make a jump that, that even if it's, he has to drag them. I think there'll be an eight or nine win team and they'll make the playoffs. Even if the coaches in front office there, undermine the guy well that's my biggest concern that they could mess him up but i can't say that about the lions like i i could see the lions they have a good infrastructure 
when you look at the way that they're built in the trenches with Panay Sewell and Aiden Hutchinson, you have yeah. Amon Ross St. Brown as a wide receiver. Yeah, but they're quarterback by Jared Goff, Zach. And it looks like they're going to tr- convince themselves that Goff is the right guy for the job. Now, I heard Adam Shine say this, and I know you are a Syracuse guy, so I will bring up Shine on this podcast, playing the role of Danny Parkins. Did you hear Shine say, and I thought this was an absurd take, but then more I thought about it, I'm like, wow, the quarterback play in the NFC has been that bad. He said that Jared Goff has been a top five quarterback in the NFC this year, and he could be as high as two with the way that he's played this season. He said that two weeks ago. And at first, I'm like, a top five quarterback, what is he smoking? But you go through the quarterbacks in the NFC compared to the AFC, the AFC is loaded with, with good quarterback play. The NFC, it's wide open. So maybe golf being solid is, is good enough for the short term. Well, he's saying that because outside of Jalen Hurts, Dak's been hurt. Mm-hmm. Daniel Brady Jones, and Rodgers have been disappointing. Yeah, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think that that's – I mean, Cousins would be the other guy. Yes. But – uh, but like that to me is not enough of a reason to want to, you know, basically put your flag down and declare that this guy is going to be our quarterback next year and beyond. No. Well, for next year, yes. Beyond, I could understand that being completely stupid, and I don't think he is the long term answer. But you could keep on using this draft capital to keep on making this a more and more attractive destination where the next year you could move up in the draft, you continue to do well as we've seen teams do, or dare I say it, maybe Detroit becomes a popular free agent destination for some of these teams in future years. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Zach, Browns and Commanders, do you think that Cleveland's going to fire Kevin Stefanski at the end of the year? No, I don't. But I think it has a chance to happen if Watson does not like him. And Watson has not looked good since coming back the last four weeks. I think he will be back next year, but that seat will be on fire in Cleveland. They've badly underachieved the last – I mean – I actually, I, let me let me rephrase that. Last year, they definitely did, and they tried to write it off as Mayfield's injury. Mm-hmm. This year, they're probably going to finish in last place again, 
And they're going to say, well, it's because Deshaun Watson missed the first 11 games. There's too well, much talent in that roster. They should Exactly. Exactly. And that gets back to like, all right, everybody makes fun of Mike McCarthy. He had to play Cooper Rush for five games and they just won 11 games. The 49ers are on their third quarterback. They've clinched the NFC West. But don't even like, reach for the stars, Pony. Like those, how about be like the Jets or be like the Lions? Bingo. Exactly. Yeah, I'm not I'm not asking you to be a 12-win team when you don't have Deshaun Watson, but you you could have been a little bit better in the last few weeks. I know the carries have been in the low 20s for Nick Chubb, but it seems like they're trying to force too much Deshaun Watson and they're not doing the simple stuff, which is give the ball to one of the better running backs in the league a lot more times. And I don't think it helps Stefanski that Mayfield, even though he's a year removed, he goes to LA and he plays much better with like zero no time. prep. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, I mean, I think it's, Hey, they gave the guy $230 million guaranteed. Like it grosses me out in one respect that if Deshaun Watson doesn't like Kevin Stefanski, he has enough sway there to get the guy fired. But but he has all the probably, power. <laughs> that's probably the reality. In the most the effed up there. situation with everything that went on with him, he has all the power in that organization. And if he doesn't and, like Stefanski, so they, that's the way he can get fired. And so they will continue to be a disaster of an organization for decades to come. Uh, Jets and Seahawks. Zach, what becomes of Zach Wilson? What happens to him? He is now in the Sam Darnold category. Well, he will be somewhere else next year. And I know Sam Darnold is. How does that happen, though? What What do you, in terms of what? Like, how do the Jets move on from him? They just trade him for like. Do, do you, you take back a, a, a pack of saltines or something. Whatever you get back. Wow. For, for Zach Wilson. He's done. I, other than, and I know it's a different sport, other than Edwin Diaz, if you're in New York and you fail and you're the punchline to every joke, you don't come back from it. And next year, the Jets, who have a, a good roster, they have some solid pieces, obviously, with Garrett Wilson, Sauce Gardner, um, Elijah Vera Tucker coming back from injury, Brees Hall, uh, Quinn and Williams, they're going to go and probably ask Jimmy G to be their quarterback. Maybe it's Derek Carr which are not franchise quarterbacks, but competent quarterback play. And if they had competent quarterback play against New England, you know, um, against some of these other teams that they played, you know, down the stretch, they probably would have had the inside track of getting to the playoffs this year. Well, I, I, I hate to, you know, this is, I think a lot of people are doing an I told you so, because I, I never understood the Wilson pick from the very beginning. You know, this is going to be one of those things, much like we saw with Trubisky going ahead of, who was it? Was it Watson? Was it Mahomes in that draft, I want to say, when he went second overall? Both. Right, like, okay, explain to me, we all watched Fields at Ohio State. Explain to me how the Jets thought this guy at BYU who played nobody they played an easy schedule in a COVID year, and he had only one good year. Explain this pick again to me. Not what just the made... Jets. Not just the Jets. The 49ers as well. They could have had Justin Fields with the third overall pick. 
Well, and I, and of course, of course they could have, but they don't, but like the Niners, because of their success, haven't gone to two NFC championship games. Yeah, it's a miss. It's like when the Pistons picked Darko over Chris Bosh and Carmelo Anthony. But okay, you're winning championships. You're a great team. The 49ers almost get a pass because of that. The Jets don't. No, the The Jets Jets do not. not. And, And you know what the craziest part is? how quickly they decided that it was going to be Zach Wilson. Cause we all knew Trevor Lawrence is going to be number one overall pick. Then it was okay. Zach Wilson. He's, he's going to be a first round pick. And then, all right, Mac Jones was having a, a, a Heisman trophy type of year at Alabama. And Justin Fields was having a sensational season at Ohio state. Okay. People are hearing about Trey Lance, even though he, he wasn't playing. So, how quickly it was for about a month and a half leading up to the draft. Once he had that pro day, everyone said, okay, that's your second overall pick. So it's, it's crazy how, well, I guess it's not crazy because it's the jets, but it is still crazy how quickly they zeroed in on Zach Wilson. I don't think LA would be good for him just based on what we know about the guy and everything else. Because I think like if he got into say the Rams system and he was Stafford's backup next year, I think that that could work for him, but I also would not want to have him maybe in a place like Los Angeles. So I'm trying to think of like a boring city where he could just sit as a backup. Like Kansas City would be great. I Like it'd be great if he could just watch Patrick Mahomes for a year or two and then just. Well, I'm glad you bring up there. Kansas City because this actually answers your question. Every year in the draft, because we're all fascinated about finding the next Patrick Mahomes, someone gets the tab of, he's not Patrick Mahomes, but if everything works, he could be 65% of Patrick Mahomes. That's what Zach Wilson was. People are like, this guy could be 65% of Patrick Mahomes, so that's why he ended up being the second overall pick. That would be my answer to you on that one. So I don't know where he ends up, but to your point, it probably will not be, he's done in New York. I don't yeah. see any way he re, re, he rehabs his image there. Jaguars and Texans. Should Jacksonville sit starters in this game? Trevor Lawrence included. I don't, and I know that this is going to sound hypocritical because of the whole Doug Peterson thing when he was going for the, the better draft pick and then didn't even get yep. to see that because he got fired. I don't think, if guys are hurt, I don't think you force them to play. But... I think this year is more about just making the playoffs for Jacksonville as well. I think you're also trying to build a culture now. Getting to the postseason does help there. I believe if with the way that I know Doug Peterson a little bit from my time covering him in Philadelphia, I would think that they're going to play their play their guys this weekend. And then if it gets out of hand where they're just dominating, kicking the crap out of the Texans, then they'll start to pull some guys. They'll be strategic. It'll be like a mixture of both. So I hate that. I hate having one foot in one and the other in another. I I don't like that. I think you got to pick a side. I always run it through this filter. If Trevor Lawrence got injured in this game, could you justify it? And my yeah, answer is no. Mm-hmm. So he can't. He can't play him. And so I know what he but, said. But let me just throw it to you the other way. Let's say you don't play Trevor Lawrence, and then next week he he looks rusty. What are we then going to say? He should have played him in week 17. Yeah, so it's, I, it's like you never win on this one. Well, yeah, but I I, I – See, I don't look at it like that. I think when the Colts and some of these teams would rest guys, it would be for multiple weeks. Mm-hmm. And we're talking two, three weeks of not really yeah, one playing week a game. 
that mattered. Um, I do think you do this. It's a younger team. A lot of these guys aren't used to the demands of a long NFL season. The goal is that you're going to play for another month from that week 18 game on. You're going to host a playoff game. So I would sit those guys. And so you use it as already, a bye week pretty much. Yeah. Like a late season already, bye week. Yeah. Yeah. And we've already heard Peterson. You, you, you nailed on it. We've already seen Peterson do it in another situation. I think he should do it again here. Rams and Chargers, Zach. Is Baker Mayfield going to be some team starting quarterback next year? I think we'll have an opportunity to compete for a starting job. And then the question just becomes, how good is the guy that he's competing with? So just if you're bringing in Baker Mayfield, he's going to be starting and starting some games next year in the NFL. Will he be successful? That's a whole different conversation. I'm not believing that Baker Mayfield's going to be the super duper successful quarterback, but I do think he'll be starting somewhere because you know it and I know it. There's a lot of teams that need help at the quarterback position. So do you think he's back with the Rams? I'm going to say no, because Stafford said on his wife's podcast that he is going to be coming back and he's not going to be retiring. So I do think next year Stafford is um, is starting, obviously, for the Rams and then Mayfield, just because his ego may not say, hey, maybe I should just wait this out, see if this guy gets hurt again. And his desire to go start again in this league will go somewhere else. Because you can make the case, Mayfield, even though he didn't like what happened and he felt like he was slighted by the Browns, could make the case he would have put himself in a better position before the Rams job, which he could have never predicted he would have wound up there, that Mayfield should have just stayed with the Browns and played for 11, 12 games. And at least he would have known everyone in that, that organization and the system instead of going to Carolina in a month and trying to think he would turn things around. So I don't like him for either New York franchise because I just don't think that's a good situation for him in New York City in that cauldron. I just Agreed. don't. I can't see him there. If if one of jo- if Josh McDaniel's master plan in Vegas oh, is to jettison <laughs> Derek Carr and bring in Baker Mayfield and you're Mark Davis and you are told this, what is your reaction to it? I would say, Josh, you're fired. But if his point is, instead of paying Derek Carr $30 million, let's pay Baker Mayfield $15 million, and I think I can get the same production or better. You still, you still feel that way? If he is that adamant, I would say to him, I would put a, 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 uh, an expectation out there then you have to make the playoffs. And if you don't make the playoffs, then I'm firing you. Because I think he's going to end up there. That's my prediction. I think Baker Mayfield will be Could Vegas. Could you imagine soon. Baker in Vegas? Like you talked about New York, I wouldn't be a fit. And, and I, I but, but I don't, but I don't, in Vegas? Is, but I don't think his issue is like. like Partying Wilson, in the, yeah. Yeah. I think it's more, he's so thin skinned and it's media coverage related. Okay. And I don't, I don't think that is an issue in Vegas. That's fair. Um, I think Mayfield, I honestly think he's going to either end up with New England or with Vegas. I think both of those coaches, I think Belichick and McDaniels like the guy, but I don't, I thought that we said on this podcast like a month ago, I thought the guy was going to go work in TV after this year. So oh, really? I don't have a very high opinion of him 
as a quarterback, I think what would be best for him long-term would just stay in LA and back up Stafford for a year or two and just wait my turn. But I think there's actually a, 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 a disproportionate amount of coaches who actually think if they got their hands on Mayfield, they could turn him into a successful quarterback. Well, let me throw two more at you. And one continues on the New England lineage. Is Houston with the Texans an opportunity? And I don't know who's going to be their coach next year. What about Arizona now with Kyler Murray being out for what you would think would be a bare minimum half the season with the Cardinals? Okay, so I think that Jacoby Brissett will be Houston's starting quarterback because of the Casario connection and everyone raves about him being such a great yeah. guy. And you're going to be drafting think, someone with a number one overall I think pick. he'll be the bridge. And then I think, what was the other one you said? Arizona. I think Arizona operates in its own bubble, and I think they'll run it back with everybody next year. And they'll just say we were the most injured team in the NFC, and we want to give this entire team a second chance. If they were in Philadelphia or New York or Boston, I'd be crushed. They would not be allowed to do that, yeah. but I think they will out in Phoenix. I do. So three weeks ago, I, I had the same exact take that they were going to make the excuses and say Hopkins was out the first six games of the season. Yep. Then you got Murray hurt at the end of the year, all bunch of, of bull crap, but that's how they would excuse it for extending Kime and Kingsbury uh, through 2027. I know Kime's away from the team because of health reasons right now. Kingsbury just looks absolutely worn out on the sideline. He does. He's aged in dog years this year. He looks like me. Which is wild. Um, Kingsbury, I think, gone. Kime, I think, is gone. And I also think DeAndre Hopkins is going to request a trade this offseason. Two years left in that contract. If if you're them, you're not close. Why wouldn't you try to get some draft capital back for DeAndre Hopkins and blow this thing up? So... Along those lines to finish the podcast, the Cardinals and Falcons, the worst game of the weekend. (laughs) J.J. Watt announced that he's going to retire at the end of the year. Now, I have to give a couple of listeners to my show credit for this because I said J.J. Watt is one of the 10 best defensive players of all time. I was wrong. I think J.J. Watt is actually one of the most overrated players in NFL history. Why? Because if you look at his year-by-year production, he had three incredible years. He had three unbelievable, like, Lawrence Taylor, Reggie White-like years. And then he was so injury-plagued, and he's retiring at 33 years old, that if you actually do the old Mike and the Mad Dog year-by-year, Was this a Hall of Fame year, yes or no? You really only come up with four great years from him, Zach. And I hear him talked about, and I made this mistake, like he's one of the greatest defensive players of all time. It's Kurt Warner syndrome. I think there's... We look at when the guy was at his Mm -hmm. best, and we latch on to that. And, and, and it's really a disservice to any really good NFL player who consistently year after year maybe wasn't that good at their peak, but was way more productive for a much longer period of time. Can't you say, though, that he was still one of the more dominant players in NFL history for the 
short sample size years where he was actually healthy. And then you could kind of get the best of both worlds in, in your argument. I'm not saying yeah, that he's one of the top 10 greatest defensive players of all time. I, I but he understand is, he's one that, of the more dominant players I've seen. I understand that. But the, and I made this mistake, mm-hmm. is that the narrative around his retirement is that this is an all-time great defensive player who's stepping away. And he'll make the Hall of Fame because oh, yeah, the standards for the Hall of Fame are frankly not as high as maybe they should be. Well, do you think but, he should have made the Hall of Fame? Guys, no, what, I'm 111 saying, I'm sacks? Say, no, I, I'm, I'm saying he probably should. Okay. But I'm just saying, like, I'll give you an example of a guy. For, like... Demarcus Lor- um Demarcus Ware. Yeah. Or Michael Strahan. I think most people would say, oh, JJ Watt's better than those guys. Well, not really if you go year by year with the guy. His peak or when he's at his best on his oh, that's best fair. day, mm-hmm. he was one of the greatest defensive players of all time. But he is stepping away at 33 years old, which for a guy that plays defensive end or outside linebacker is relatively young. Oh yeah. You're not wrong on that. Um, I, I understand then what you're saying, but he, he will be a hall of famer. I'm wondering though, now as we get into this conversation and you know how short it is in terms of how many guys they allow in each and every year, I would, I would still lean that he's a first ballot. I bet he gets in. You know, he'll get in first ballot. He'll get in first ballot. Yeah. But I wonder if that's a, a little bit uh, closer. All right, Zach. Great job filling in for Danny. You didn't get drunk on this podcast like he <laughs> did last time. So I think from that per- from that perspective, you did a pretty good job. So thank you. You got it. Always great to be on. Rate, review, listen first in pod. Thanks for everybody. We'll talk again after these week sixteen games. Twenty four hundred Sports is an Odyssey company. 